So this is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, <gasps> Oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just, just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles online. DrHerald.MyShopify.com Gibson of the International Secret Police. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. Ceiling zero. In the preceding episode, Speed Gibson and his uncle, Clint Barlow of the International Secret Police, are questioning one of the octopus spies, Splinters, a renegade aviator. Their attention is taken away from him by a rock crashing through their bedroom window, and during the excitement, Splinters disappears. After this happening, the boys hurry to the lagoon where Barney Dunlap is guarding the mystery plane. They find Marsha Winfield and her small charge, Jean Kingsley, there. And Marsha tells the boys that her brother was caught in the evil toils of the octopus and had disappeared. At that moment, the octopus comes in over the short wave set in the plane, warning them to give up the search and to burn the plane. As a result, Clint orders Barney to fly the mystery plane to China via the clipper route. We find the boys at the dock next morning just before dawn. Well, Clint, I'm all set for the takeoff. The boys filled them enormous gas tanks with enough fuel to fly clean to China. <laughs> Maybe you have enough fuel, Barney, but you're not going to take any chances. Now, you land at Guam, Manila, Macau, and then Hong Kong, just as the Clipper does. Uh, we don't want to lose that plane. Well, the short wave set and radio telegraph. Hey, how about me? Don't I count? <laughs> You'll be safe enough, you old cloud jumper. Just remember to keep inside of us on the Clipper at all times. And keep in touch with us by your radio telegraph. Don't worry about me, kid. I'm an old hand at this sort of thing. 
It's going to be swell to be at the controls again, riding the wind. Well, they're warming up the motor. I'll be calling KHAGV China Clipper so much, the radio officer's key finger will be worn out answering me. <laughs> well, so long, So Bonnie. long, Bonnie. So long, Bonnie. Good luck. <laughs> Gee, he's a swell guy. No, he's one of the best, Steve. One of the most capable men in the secret police, too. Sure makes me proud to be in the same outfit with such guys as you and Barney, Clint. I can hardly believe all this has really happened to me. Flying on the China Clipper, getting into all sorts of adventures with the Octopus Gang. Uh, I'm afraid you're in for plenty more adventures, Speed. Oh, there goes Barney into the cockpit now. The sun's just rising. Barney's plane's right in the path of its race on the water. Yeah, that plane's a beautiful job. It's in perfect condition, too. Ground crew checked the motor and control system and so forth. And Barney made sure he had plenty of sandwiches and water stored away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, Barney's waving. So long. I'll see you in Guam, Barney. Tell Barney learn how to fly in the Army Pursuit Squadron. Hey, look, he's banking. He's going to come back and circle over us. Passengers are all in the after cabin for the time being, I guess, reading or playing games. Well, now's our chance to have a look at that map your brother sent you, Miss Marshall. Yes, indeed, Clint. It's here, in this locket I'm wearing. A map and that little locket, Miss Marshall? Yes, Pete. You see, the map is on onion skin paper. Very thin. I'll take it out now and show you. Here. Hey, this is going to be tough to follow. Yes. I'm afraid we'll have to use our imaginations on at least a half of the map until we actually reach Hong Kong and get someone who really knows the city well to help us. Daddy can help you, Marcia. He knows Hong Kong inside and out. That's right, Gene. Yes, we can trust the doctor, too. That's important because if the octopus heard that this map existed, he'd stop at nothing to get it. But I'm not trying to get it away from Miss Marcia. No, say not. This map's going to be a big help. But you must be careful. The octopus has many friends. Friends in high circles. Uh, so are we, Marcia. Remember our organization, the International Secret Police. While we may have enemies of every creed, race, and caste, we also have friends as varied. Yes, and just as power. I know. And we're going to find your brother, too. Don't forget that. Oh, if you only can, Steve. If we're not too late. Uh, we'll find him. Don't you worry. Now, uh, may I keep this map until we reach Guam? If I try to make a copy of it, we may be interrupted, and I don't want anyone to see it. Of course. Boy, doesn't Barney's plan look swell against that cloud bank we're flying over? 
Like Plum Finney shines like... Like diamonds. Like the water at Waikiki Beach look like diamonds in the moonlight. What's that plane got to do with water? Well, they both sparkle. <laughs> Jean's right, Steve. <laughs> right now, I'll just give you a tip that'll come in very handy in diplomatic circles. Never argue with a lady. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's see. Wasn't it about an hour ago that you last heard from Barney? Oh, yes. I think I'll go up in the control room in a few minutes. Should be getting another flash from him long about now. I come too, Clint? Well, now, you'd be leaving Marsh and Jean alone. Oh, that's all right, Clint. You can keep watch on Barney from here while you and Steve talk to him by radio telegraph. By all means. You know, Miss Marsha, we're lucky to get into the control room at all. If we weren't in the secret police, we'd never be allowed in the control room with the flight crew. I know, Steve. Now, don't worry about us. But first... Have you any idea when we'll reach Guam? It'll be very soon. We'd be able to see it if these clouds weren't below us. Oh, but I like the clouds. They look like big marshmallows are cotton, don't they? There you go again, marshmallows. If you went through them in an open plane, you'd find out they were doggone cold and wet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> now, we'd better get up to the control room before another argument starts, huh? We'll be back soon. All right, and give our regards to Barney. Okay, Miss Marcia. Gee, Clint, getting up in the control room was one of the big thrills of the trip to me. Seeing that big instrument board and having the captain or the first officer explain things to me. Well, I'll have to admit that this trip is a wonderful opportunity for you, Steve. Insofar as the clipper flight itself is concerned, it's the octopus angle that I don't like. Don't worry, Clint. I can take care of myself. I hope that I can really help you and Barney on the job. Mm. Oh, well, here we are. We won't bother anyone but the radio officer, Steve. The rest of the crew have enough in their hands without talking to us. I know. Anyhow, we'll be losing altitude pretty soon for the Guam landing, and that means cloud flying. I won't bother them. Don't worry. Oh, that'd be good, boy. Right, step in, Steve. Now, past the navigators, right to the radio officer. Here we are. <laughs> I think we're out of everybody's way, too. Oh, hello, Mr. Barlow. I've just been talking to Dunlap. Got it written down here for you. Oh, thanks, Smith. Uh, read it, Steve. Barney says, sandwiches swell, but I sure miss those clipper meals. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Barney. Nothing ever interferes with his appetite. Will you send a message for me, Mr. Smith? Why, sure thing, Steve. What'll it be? Tell him we're nearing Guam and ask him how he's going to like flying through those clouds in an open plane for his landing. <laughs> okay. I can just see his face when he gets that. <laughs> yes, sir. Won't he be surprised? <laughs> well, he says it isn't his regular bath day, but he'll put up with it. <laughs> oh, uh, is the weather bad at Guam, Smith? No, Guam reports fair weather. The wind's breaking up these clouds in that area, and we're over the worst of it right now. Hey, Clint. Look at Barney's plane. Is he trying to stunt? What's that monkey trying to do? Why, banking that plane like that? Something's wrong for sure. Quick, send this message, Smith. Anything wrong, Barney? Uh, look, look, he's going into a nosedive. He's heading right down into them black clouds, uh, Clint. He's either crazy or in trouble. Here's his answer. Barlow, plane's out of my control. Can't bring it out of this... Dive. It's a robot plane, I bet. The octopus is working it from Hong Kong. Oh, tell him. Tell him that, Smith. It's a robot plane for sure. Tell him to bring it out of that dive. Look. Look, there he goes into the clouds. Oh, straight to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean if he doesn't get that plane out of that nosedive. This, this crate is 
is a robot plane. The controls are locked. Barney. A robot. Controls locked. That means the octopus has some device in that plane to wreck it if it falls into the enemy's hands. Probably a pin to lock the controls, which the octopus controls by radio. And the only way Barney can regain control is to find the locking pin. Mr. Smith, send that to Barney. Tell him to look for the locking pin. It's his only chance. If we could only see him, anything could be happening to him under those clouds. Oh, I shouldn't have tried to keep that plane. I might have known the octopus had a trump card up his sleeve. If anything happens to Barney, I'll... And let's talking again. Can't find pin yet. No use. Altimeter sinking fast. Visibility zero. Looks like curtains, pal. So long. Go on. Go on, Smith. What does he say? The key's dead, Barlow. Dunlap isn't sending anything to us. Oh, gee, nothing can happen to Barney. Try to reach him, Mr. Smith. Send out your call. I'll do my best, Speed. No answer, Clint. Clint, he doesn't answer. You don't think... Oh, steady. Steady, Speed. We can't think now. All we can do is... is hope. <laughs> Speed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap, all members of the International Secret Police, are flying to Hong Kong on the China Clipper to capture the criminal known as the Octopus. Thus far on the trip, Speed has been responsible for the arrest of three Octopus spies sent to turn the secret police from their course. The last arrest on Wake Island was a renegade aviator who mysteriously disappeared just as he was about to reveal the Octopus hideout to the boys. They have his special bullet plane, however, equipped with all the latest aeronautical improvements, and Clint orders Barney to fly this plane to Hong Kong, making the usual stops at Guam, Manila, and Macau, and to also remain in sight of the clipper. As they are nearing Guam Island, Barney's plane suddenly goes into a nosedive, disappearing in the clouds banked below. The flight crew are as excited as the boys, and when the clipper lands at Guam, they all hurry ashore to see if the Guam ground crew has seen or heard anything of the missing aviator. Gee, Clint, I sure hope that they have heard something from Barney. Well, they may have seen him come down and sent a boat out to help him. Oh, it was terrible to watch him drop into the clouds like he did. The sky was so empty. And those clouds he went into were so black, Marcia. I'm scared for Barney. Oh, don't you worry, Jean, honey. He's probably safe and sound somewhere. He's gotta be. Barney can't go out like that. He's too good a guy to... Clint, do you see who I see? Why, why it can't be. But it is. It's Barney. Oh, Barney, you're all right. Did it fall into the ocean? Oh, we were so worried about Hello, you. Hello, everybody. What's all the excitement about? What's all the excitement? Oh, that's a fine thing to say after scaring everybody out of a year's growth by going into that nosedive. You all were scared. How did you think I felt up there coming down fast? It's hard to say which is the worst, Mr. Dunlap, sitting in the control clipper room, watching you dive out of sight or doing the actual diving. As long as you're safe now, that's all that matters. Thanks, Smith. I kept hearing your signals come in, but I couldn't take time to answer them. I know if I didn't pull that plane out of the dive, I'd have a long swim ahead of me. Mr. Smith and the rest of the flight crew were swell, Barney. We were just going to see if the ground crew knew anything about you when you came up to us. 
The ground crew knows about me all right. When I came diving out of that broken overcast, they saw me and thought I was a goner sure. But what actually happened, Barney? Let's get out of this crowd and I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, see you later, Smith. Oh, you bet, Mr. Barlow. Over here on the other side, the dock's all right, huh, Clint? And look, there's Barney's plane. Yeah, and just let me get my hands on the octopus. I'll knock him so far it'll take him two years to walk back. Well, instead of telling us what you're going to do to the octopus, suppose you tell us what he did to you to send you into that spin. The big devil fish? He has some sort of radio control of that plane, and just about the time he knew I'd be in the air, he pressed a button. A metal pin dropped into the controls, and I was off in a nosedive. Imagine taking advantage of me while I was in a cloud bank. Well, what'd you do then, Barney? By the time I realized what had happened, I was in the clouds with visibility zero. Then you sent your idea over the radio telegraph, so I fumbled around until I located the pin, pulled it out, and straightened out the ship for a landing. <laughs> and boy, when I did that, I was as close as I could be to the water and still level out for a decent landing. Well, why didn't you radio the clipper that you were safe? I, I just sat down a few minutes before you came down, Clint. And I was identifying myself to the ground crew after that. While I was nosediving, believe you me, I didn't have any time to work the radio telegraph. I was about the busiest person in the air in the world, I bet. You'll have to give that plane a real going over before you take off again in the morning, Barney. No telling what else the octopus has under radio control. You tell him, kid. I don't want a wing to fall off between here and Manila. Well, right now, we'd better go on to the inn and see where our rooms are going to be. <laughs> I think you and Jean could use a little rest and quiet, don't you, Marshall? Oh, we're not at all tired, Clint. We were worried about Barney, of course, but now that he's safe, why, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Guam is beautiful. I should say so. Just like the islands you read about in books. Has this place here a name? It looks like a little town. His name is Sumay, Jean. One of the navigators was telling me about it before we landed. There's another place that's gone about 12 miles from here. That's where the American naval base is. I'd sure like to see that, Clint. Oh, I would, too. Do you think we could arrange to drive over there before dark? Mm, well, if you really feel up to it. How about you, Barney? I'm round to go, pal. You know me. A nosedive a day keeps me from getting bored. Oh, goody, then we can go. <laughs> well, it looks that way. Now, let's go to the inn now and see about our rooms, huh? And I'll see about getting a car to drive us over to a gondola at the same time. Hot ziggity. This is what I really call traveling. Listen, kid. What you call traveling would be a nervous breakdown for anybody else. But don't get me wrong. After flying over the Pacific Ocean in a plane with a controls lock, I'd like to see as much of Guam and dry land as I can. <laughs> Houses standing on top of those silk feet. Uh huh. Native huts. You know, Guam is so different from almost every place else. Here, a person can find the real peace and beauty of island life. And yet, even way out here, they have electricity, paved roads, schools, movies, ice, everything. Yep. A guy born in Guam has everything but United States citizenship. Now, that's a funny thing. He owes allegiance to America, but he can never become an, a citizen. When is an American citizen not an American citizen? When he's born in Guam. <laughs> uh, gee, I'm glad I was born in America then. The other's almost like being a man without a country. Oh, no, Speed. Guam is a naval base now, as you know. 
Every man here, aside from the Clipper ground crew, is a naval man with an official job, from the governor to the street sweeper. The people here are citizens of Guam, but since Guam is not a country, but a part of the United States, none of them, courts or Congress, has any real legal standing, since the governor, who is all-powerful here, could do away with one or all of them if he wanted to. Sounds awfully mixed up to me, Clint. <laughs> well, it's mixed up to most people, Jean. I'd advise you to admire the island itself and not try to fathom its political standing. Weren't we rather lucky to get a car, Clint? Mm, in a way. There are only a few on the island, but the Clipper people do everything possible to make their passengers happy. And hence, the car. Hey, speak. What are you looking so glum about? I wasn't looking glum. I was thinking. Oh, so that's what you call it. Kind of unusual, ain't it? <laughs> I hope not, Barney. Say, do you think that the native driving this car isn't an American citizen? <laughs> well, in spite of the fact that your question met itself coming back speed, he isn't. I was thinking something else, too. Barney, has the octopus plane got a direction finder on it? Yeah. What's a direction finder, Steve? Oh, it's a jigger shaped something like a little hoop, Gene. It's attached to a dial on the instrument board. When the pilot's getting a message from the ground or from another ship, he can turn his direction finder and learn which direction the message is coming from. Is that right, Clint? Uh, well, it's right enough for the moment. Now, look. Next time the octopus gives out with another warning, why can't we use his own direction finder on him and learn just where his hideout is from that? But is such a thing possible? Oh, yes, Marsha. But several things must be done before a location can be accurately found. Now, for one thing, we need two direction finders. One from Barney's ship, and then one from another point. Say, a ship 100 or 200 miles away from us. And then when the message came through, they could both line the direction from where it came. And where the lines crossed, there would be the octopus. That sounds simple enough. Ain't as simple as it sounds, though. We're still too far away from Hong Kong to be able to locate the exact spot of his hideout. Once we get to China, though, it'll be a different story, providing he starts broadcasting again. Gee, I bet he won't. Well, I can almost guarantee that he won't. This man's a genius, Marsha. We happen to know that he's experimenting in shortwave radio. Has accomplished some astounding things, so knowing about the direction finders, he certainly wouldn't risk broadcasting to us once we're near enough China to check his station. But there must be some way of feeding him at his own game, Clint. There is a way, Martin. We don't know what it is yet, but, but that's why we're going to Hong Kong. Every criminal, no matter how clever he is, makes one mistake. If the octopus hasn't made his yet, he will. And that's how we're going to catch him. Mm, this is a spooky place, isn't it? The trees hang way over the road in through here. Yeah, I could find more cheerful spots on Guam myself than this, and I just landed. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, my oh wow, it's a blowout. We have to fly almost 6,500 miles to have a tire blowout. Sorry, Mr. Barlow, I will repair the tire immediately. All right, driver. I hope it won't hold us up too long. Oh, not at all. I have a spare tire which will replace the bad one. I wonder if I can help him. Well, you better not speed. Probably change tires in this car so often that he can do it a lot faster alone. Well, what do you say if we get out and stretch our legs? This car may be a seven-passenger, but it still cramps my stride. <laughs> Especially as we all rode back, huh, Barney? <laughs> well, we can get out for a few minutes if you wait. And I advise you all to stay beside the car. It'd be easy to lose yourselves in this thick underbrush. Too easy. I must confess I don't like this particular spot, Smith. Do you think it's safe? Oh, yes. We can't be very far from the naval base. There's no danger of holdups or anything like that on this island. Unless the octopus got ideas. Oh, now pipe down, Barney. He's up to enough mischief without you building up trouble with your imagination. But even the birds aren't making as much noise, Barney. 
Doesn't sound like they don't like this place either. Oh, they're just getting ready for bed, Jean. These trees and bushes shut out the sun. Hey, behind you! Oh! Oh, that man appeared so suddenly. He frightened me. None of you make your move. Rick's tongue. Unless you answer my question. Why, who are you to talk like this? Call me Mr. Rex. And now, Miss Winfield, hand over that map your brother sent you. The map? Hey, how do you know anything about a map? Who are you, anyhow? I ask the question, Speed Gibson. Give me that map, Miss Winfield. But I haven't got it. Don't lie. You'll carry it in that locket you're wearing. Uh, keep away you or... Words are no match for my revolver, Barlow. I lock it before I lose my patience. It's true. I haven't got the map with me. Keep away from me. No, no. Gunner, no gun. Let me at that time. <laughs> Speed Gibson, his uncle, Clint Barlow, and Barney Dunlap, operators of the International Secret Police, are on their way to China via the China Clipper to capture the master criminal, the octopus. They have already had several exciting encounters with spies of their enemy, but during the stopover at Guam Island, they have no idea of danger when they take a sightseeing drive to the naval base some 12 miles away from the Clipper landing. With them are little Jean Kingsley and her governess, Marsha Winfield, who is also seeking the octopus, whom she holds responsible for her brother's mysterious disappearance. During the drive in a particularly gloomy spot of the road, a tire blows out, and when their driver stops the car to repair it, a man, calling himself Mr. X, steps out from the surrounding underbrush and demands the map that Marsh's brother sent her, which partially describes the location of the octopus headquarters. Barney lunges at the man, and a fight follows. I've got his gun, Clint. Good boy, Speed. Stand back, you guys. I got him. Oh, look out. He's getting away. Grab him. Get out of the way, Barney. There he goes. Quick, Barney. You go that way. I'll follow him this way. Do we have to walk? Okay, you stand. Take care of Marsha and Jean, Speed. Don't worry. I will. Oh, hush, hush, Jean, honey. It's all over now. There's nothing to cry about here. Oh, Marsha, I was afraid Speed and Clint and Barney would get hurt by that awful Mr. X. But they didn't. Look how brave Speed is. Aren't you ashamed to let him see you crying? Yes, but he's a boy and in the secret police. I don't blame you for being scared, Jean. I sure was. If Clint and Barney had been alone, I wouldn't have minded that guy so much. But with girls along, it's different. Well, that wasn't scared for me, Speed, but for you. Found him yet, Clint? Then he's still putting on that spare tire, driver. Because I'm afraid he won't have time to get a good look at the naval base of the Ganya because of all this trouble. Hey. What is it, Speed? Down here on the road, some broken glass. That's what made our tire blow out. Do you think that Mr. X put the glass on the road on purpose? Sure as anything. The whole thing was planned. Oh, heaven. I hope we can leave this place soon. There may be more of them in the underbrush. I did until he shocked me. That guy was as slippery as grease. One minute I was holding him tight, and the next thing he pops me in the eye. Have I got a shiner? Well, you're going to have one, that's sure. Fine thing. What'll people say? I go to look at the naval base and come back with a black eye. <laughs> Oh, well, you have the tire on, huh, driver? Oh, yes, Mr. Barlow. I was just trying to leave bolts, and then we can go on. Clint, look at this broken glass. We think Mr. X put it on the road to stop us. Suffering wine doodles. Can you beat that? 
But how did he know we were coming along this road? Uh, we could figure out how the octopus knows things, Barney. We'd practically have him captured. That man has spies everywhere. I tell you, it's uncanny. Um, uncanny and uncomfortable. Why is it whenever anybody gets shot, it's me? <laughs> it's probably because you have too much faith in human nature. <laughs> uh, we might just as well get into the car now. The tires are. We can still see the naval base, can't we, Clint? Uh, afraid not, Speed. I don't want to take any chances on being ambushed again. Next time, there may be more than one Mr. X. Yeah, for all we know, they may be listening to us right now. I guess we'd better go back to the inn, then. Right. Oh, uh, there are several things I want to discuss with you, Marsha, but meanwhile, let's forget the whole thing. Uh, we won't talk business until we've had our dinner. My shiner. The doc did his best to tone it down, but I still had to take a lot of kidding from the ground crew and the flight crew. Does it hurt much, Barney? No, not so much now. Say, where are we going to have our little talk? Uh, head for that door straight ahead. It's the uh, inn manager's office. He assured us of complete privacy. That's well. Is it all right if I come along too, Clint? Uh, I want you to come, Jean. Even though you're a little girl, you've shown a lot of courage and common sense in the past. And until we hand you over to your father, I think you should know as much of our business as necessary. It might help you in an emergency sometime. Oh, it's right in here, please. Yeah. Now, this is better. Everybody make themselves comfortable. It's wonderful to relax, isn't it? Or do you know, Clint, in your profession, do you ever relax? <laughs> well, I certainly do, Marcia. Completely. Otherwise, I couldn't keep going. But we never relax while we're on the job. It's like Clint never takes off a makeup once you start on a job, Miss Marcia. But doesn't that take a great deal of care? Oh, not too much. I've done it for so long, Marcia. I've played everything from grandfathers to babies. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, to get on to business. Uh, I've made a copy of the map, Marcia, up in our room before dinner. So here's yours on the onion skin paper. Oh, thank you, Clint. Wasn't it fortunate that it was in your room rather than in my locket? If Mr. X had succeeded in getting it, we would have had no clue at all to the whereabouts of the octopus. Yeah, that's one time old Devilfish slipped up. He didn't know you'd given the map to Clint aboard the Clipper so as Clint could make a copy of it. How did you know, Barney? You were flying in that other plane when Marsha gave Clint the map. Well, I... Say, are you turning into a detective too, Jean? What is this? <laughs> now she asks you a good question, my friend. How did you know? Speed told me, if you must know. Oh, you don't miss a thing, do you, Barney? By the way, what are you going to do with that plane once you get it to China? Rip out one of the gasoline compartments so the three of us can fly in it instead of just two. You're all going to fly in that plane? But where? Uh, we don't know yet, Marcia, but just because the octopus has his smuggling headquarters in Hong Kong, there's no sign he'll stay there, particularly after we arrive there. We can use that plane of his in pursuit. Oh, it's perfect for hops around the country. It has plenty of speed and power. We could chase our enemy all over China with it. Even as far as Tibet? Particularly as far as Tibet, Marcia. I'm not going to leave a stone unturned in an effort to locate your brother or some clue concerning his disappearance. We must learn just why he became involved with the octopus and where he is now. Oh, I hope we can. Maybe our Hong Kong operator knows something about him, Miss Marcia. Oh, you can't possibly know how much I appreciate your interest. But I can't be so selfish as to allow my trouble to interfere with your duties. It won't. Maybe finding your brother will be the way we'll find the octopus. You never know which way the wind's going to blow in this game. I think my daddy can help Marsha, too. 
He knows a lot of people in China. Oh, I don't want to bother him, honey. You mustn't say a word about my real reason for coming to China. You've got the wrong idea, Miss Marcia. We're all going to stick together. All except me. I have to fly that bullet plane alone. When does the clipper take off from Manila in the morning? Uh, 6 a.m. Oh, you you feel edgy about flying it, Barney, after that nosedive? Me edgy? Nah. I'd just like to see that octopus try to pull anything now. Operator, too, that he has failed. You mean he did not recover the map from the Winfield girl? No. And more, he ran danger of himself being captured. It was only by sheer luck that he managed to escape from Gibson, Barlow, and Dunlap. He could not get the locket then? The locket, yes. But the map was not inside. Probably the girl has given it to Clint, has told him a story. That is that. Do not worry. Their knowledge, the little she can give, will do them no good. But Winfield was more clever than I thought it. I had no idea the map existed until recently. Perhaps we should not have used him as we did. Do you question the octopus? No, master. You are always right. But the map... At most, they will gain little from it. Most of it is blurred by liquid. But I will take no chances. There is still time to regain the map before our friends reach Hong Kong. What have you learned of Dr. Kingsley? I saw him today. He is looking forward to the arrival of his little daughter. Does he know anything about Winfield? No. All that happened before the doctor came to China. But he has heard whispers of the sudden end of the oil company. No. The diplomatic circles have no particular interest in such things, master. Good. They would have known from his sister's cables and wires. But I saw that the communications never arrived in the hands of the authorities. It was I who replied to Miss Winfield's anxious cables. <laughs> I who assured her that we were doing everything in our power to find him. I signed the consul's name. <laughs> it was most amusing. But now that she is actually coming to China, do you think you will be able to put her off so easily, Master? Should she land in Hong Kong, I will take care of her, never fear. But now I must concentrate on preventing the girl and the secret police from coming to Hong Kong. What is your plan? They leave Guam at dawn. Barney Dunlap will again be flying my bullet plane. Fool. He has no fear whatsoever. When I locked the controls of the plane by radio, he stared death in the face. But still he laughs on. Without fear. Hmm. Would that you had similar men in your band, master. I have better men. With similar courage and without hearts. But these secret police, Speed, Clint, and Barney, they have hearts. <laughs> and because of that alone, I shall conquer them. Granted. However, they come at a most unfortunate time. Our business is at its height. They may interfere. I have thought of that. 
I still hope to stop them before they reach Hong Kong. In fact, I have already sent word to our operator in Manila, issuing instructions that their entertainment there shall be supplied by a member of the Octopus Band. <laughs> it will be most unusual. <laughs> Gibson, Clint, and Barney are drawing close to their destination of Hong Kong, China to arrest, if possible, the number one criminal of the 20th century, the octopus. The first clue that the boys have as to the criminal's headquarters is on a small, barely legible map which Marsha Winfield's brother sent her prior to his mysterious disappearance. During a sightseeing tour on Guam Island, one of the octopus spies fails in an attempt to recover this map. The octopus learns of the failure and determines to stop the pursuit of the International Secret Police in Manila. Meanwhile, Speed, Clint, and Barney have decided to show Manila to Marsha and little Jean. We find them in a colorful cafe. Well, Jean, what do you think of Manila? It's wonderful, Clint, but so mixed up. All sorts of people live here, don't they? Yes, the Philippines, or the Thousand Islands, as they were once called... A sort of a melting pot for black, yellow, and white. That's what makes it so colorful. Manila's Chinatown with its narrow streets and overhanging balconies, the ruins of Spanish buildings and the old forts and the canal. You know, of all the places we've seen on our trip, I think that Manila is one of the most interesting. But the weather's sure hot, isn't it? Kind of sticky. Oh, you're so used to the comfort of the China Clipper that you're a little spoiled for land speed. You're a true aviator, all right. I hope so, Miss Marcia. I'm trying hard to be. Don't tell me you fly, too. He sure does. The kid has all the makings of a birdman, Marcia. Barney's teaching me. I soloed a lot already. Goody. When will you take me up, Steve? Oh, you know, wait a minute. Hold on, young lady. Haven't you spent enough time in the sky during the last few days? But Speed wasn't flying the clipper, Clint. (laughs) (laughs) Will I have a few more hours in the air, Gene? Then I'll take you up for a ride. But I still have a lot to learn. Not only flying, but I'm studying everything else that'll help me to be a really good secret policeman. Radio, telegraphy, criminal law, fingerprinting, and a book on the art of makeup. Clint told me to learn that by heart. Then he'd give me some real experience of making people up. Isn't makeup rather a new thing in criminal capturing, Clint? Oh, in a way, Marcia. Everyone has read about the old-time detectives who wore everything from false teeth to false faces when shadowing their quarry. But the more modern type of makeup has taken a hint from motion pictures, and the result is far more realistic. Now, as an example, would you think that I had on a disguise now? No. Of course, I've never seen you any other way, but I can't imagine you looking any different than you do now. Then let me tell you, Marcia, if Clint took his makeup off now and you was to pass him on the street, you'd never recognize him. Oh, I'd know Clint. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Someday I hope I can get as good as he is on that stuff. It's one of the most important things in detecting. Whatever started you on this career of yours, Speed? Going up around Clint most, I guess. Wouldn't want to be a better guy than him. Nobody could be better. Oh, oh now, wait a minute. <laughs> You'll have me blushing. But here. it's true, Clint. 
If I was going to tell Miss Marsha all the things you've done for me... Now, now, spare her the lurid details. She's probably wondering, if I am so smart, why I ever consented to bring you along on such a dangerous mission. Well, I presumed it was because Speed could help you in your search for the octopus. He's helped, all right. In fact, he's done most of the work so far. Speed is here because Chief Riley, head of the secret police, insisted on it. You see, back home, Blackie Spears, one of the octopus gang, broke into our rooms in an effort to find the key to our police code. Well, Speed knocked him out, so the chief decided it would be safer to send him along with me. Swore him into service, and <laughs> well, here he is. And I wouldn't have missed all this for anything. I just hope we capture the octopus. Me too. I ain't forgetting that guy played me a dirty trick while I was flying his bullet plane and almost ended my promising career. And on top of that, one of his gang gives me this black eye at Guam. I'll send him into a nosedive if I ever get my hands on him. That man is terrible. He's a danger to the whole civilized world. His smuggling alone is sure giving China a headache. Well, I'll say. The Chinese government wants to put a stop to the dope smuggling. Well, the worst of it is that the octopus doesn't confine himself to one brand of criminal activity. But dabbles in every form of it. You've been on his trail before? Yes, I first came in contact with him about ten years ago in South America. He was in politics then, stirring up the natives to revolution. For his own gain. And the secret police ended that racket. But the leader, the octopus, escaped. Have you ever seen how he looks, Clint? Uh, no, Jean. You see, he always wears a black silk mask. But yes, we did catch a glimpse of him once in that mix-up, but that was all. Yeah, I think the guy sleeps with that mask on. And he's always escaped so far, but he won't this time. The world isn't big enough for the octopus and me. One of us won't be in it after the smoke clears away. I promise you that. Hey, what is this, a lecture? I'd like to see more of Manila. Yes. There are all sorts of historic places around here. And the streets are so colorful, the main ones so modern, and the side streets so quaint. The lady wishes to see Manila. Lottie, good guide. Hey, who's this guy? Uh, my name, Lottie. Good guide. Show you all four. Oh, no. No, thanks. No, we don't want a guide. Oh, gee, Clint. Can't we use him for a little while? It's early yet, and he could take us places that would take us a long time to find, maybe. Oh, yes. I'd love to see Manila. Looks like you're outnumbered, Clint. I'd kind of like to take a look-see around this burg myself. Uh, what about you, Marshal? Oh, I'd love it. Huh? <laughs> I'm not keen on picking up a strange guide like this, but oh, I guess it won't hurt anything. Lead on, loady old kid. <laughs> oh, what a name. He'll hear you, Barney. No, no, he's some sort of foreigner. He can't talk good English, let alone understand it. This way, please. Say, he's not taking us out the way we came in. Here. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on, Lucy. Where are you taking us? Outside entrance, closer to Old Port. See more of Old Town. Oh, no. No, this cafe is enough of Old Town for me. Uh, I don't want to see anything any older. Oh, come on, Clint. This is swell. Yeah, Please, come on. Clint. Uh, all right, then. Let's get it over with. Say, this street is so old that it's dead. There ain't a person in sight. Only Filipino people live on this street. This is our food. They inside eating. Ah. Well, still want to go through with this, Marsha? Oh, yes. This is exciting. Hold on to my hand, Jean. Don't worry. I am, Marsha. This place is kind of spooky. Plenty dark, all right. The lights are awful dim. What's that coming toward us? A carreta, little one. A wagon. Uh, we must step aside to let it pass. Here, here, in this doorway. Say, this building looks like an old church. It is one of the Spanish churches. Hey, Barney, 
Funny that door is opening. Huh? Yes, fella. This is another ambush. Loti is a member of the octopus band. I'm sure of it. Suffering wang doodles. What'll we do? Uh, the Carriza. It's our only chance. No telling how many men are behind this door. When that wagon gets to us, you take Gene, I'll grab Marsha, and into the wagon with them. And we'll ride our way out of here. Good enough. It's almost here now. What about speed? Uh, he'll follow us. I'll give Loti a shove as you pass him. Leave him to me. Wait. Here comes the wagon. Stand ready. We must go inside church to allow wagon to pass. Oh, yeah? Take this to remember me, bud. Quick, quick, into the wagon, Marsha. Gene's in already. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, I'll, I'll give you a hand. Off you go. There you go. Drop the reins and get out of here, Bonnie. Yeah, man. Move over, my friend. Get up there. Come on, get up. Golly, look at all those guys coming down that doorway we were standing yeah. in. That was another ambush, Speed. Another minute we'd have been inside that church and probably we'd never been heard of again. Oh, how horrible. What a risk we ran. Oh, I didn't like the look of it from the beginning. I know. We talked you into it, Clint. Boy, after this, what you say goes. Hey, where do you want to go in this karaoke or whatever you call it? Well, get back on the main street and then head for the hotel, Bonnie. We've seen all of Manila we're going to. I was in the wagon before I knew what was happening. <laughs> hey, look at the driver. He sure doesn't know what's happened. Sitting there staring at us like we were crazy. He's right, too, if you ask me. Anybody else want to drive? No, no. You're doing a good job of it. Now, wait. Now, slow down a little. We don't want any accidents. And we're nearing the main street again. It hardly seems possible for such a thing to happen so near the heart of the town. Anything can happen when the octopus has a say in it, Miss Marcia. Manila's swell. I'll feel a lot better when we're flying in the clipper again tomorrow. Yes, sir. We can't take off too soon for me. Well, it won't be long now, will it, Clint? It's only a short hop between Macau and Hong Kong. It's a short hop, but the two ports are vastly different. Macau is under the Portuguese authority, while Hong Kong is British. I'm awful excited. So much happened in Guam and Manila. Seems like the closer we get to the octopus, the more adventures we have. Yeah, that's because he's doing his best to stop us, Bean. Well, have you recovered from last night's excitement, Marsha? Oh, somewhat. But I had nightmares all night. I thought I was being dragged into old churches and forts, and I seemed to see the octopus everywhere. Not as a man, but as a sea monster. Well, I'll breathe easier when we arrive in Hong Kong. Gene will be safe with her father, and I hope that we can arrange some safe quarters for you, Marsha. You leave the search for your brother to us, won't you? Oh, I can't. Can't you know that? Look, there's Hong Kong now. Oh, look at all those funny boats down there. Chinese boats. Barney's doing a loop for us. Guess he's glad to get here, too. You better not try any stunting over this port. The port authorities will ground him in a hurry. Gee, this has been a swell flight. I think the China Clipper is, well, colossal. I can't think of a better word. And you're right, Steve. One couldn't ask for anything better than the Clipper trip. Everything has been perfect. The flight itself, the stopover accommodation. It would have been heaven if we hadn't had our main problem to contend with, the octopus. Well, now that we're almost on his home ground, I think we'll have a better chance of striking back, Marsha. I really uh, think... Beg pardon, Mr. Barlow. Hmm? Oh, yes, Stuart. A message for you, relayed from our Hong Kong station. Oh, yes, thank you. Well, well, I'll be... What does it say, Clint? Is it bad news? Read it, Clint. It says, Welcome to Hong Kong. I guarantee you a lively visit and a short one. The octopus. 
So this is the Dr. Harold Miniature and Collectibles paid read. Is that what we're calling it? Okay, here we go. Dr. Harold, noted professor of collectibles with a PhD in Funko, has gathered the best of the best collections and collectibles in one online store. For the collector, Dr. Harold has action figures from McFarlane, Mezco, NECA, Marvel, DC, Bandai, and Ninja Turtles, plus Pokemon cards, retro toys, Dragon Ball Z, G.I. Joe, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, Power Rangers, Strange Things, Rick and Morty, Transformers, Magic the Gathering, John Wick, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones, <gasps> Oh boy, that's a lot. Also, board games, card games, and for those mystically inclined, tarot cards. DrHerald.MyShopify.com That's DrHerald.MyShopify.com Dr. Harold played varsity for the University of Retail Therapy, so he knows what sports fans want. Bobbleheads, Panini baseball cards, and collectibles for the NFL, the NBA, and the soccer leagues. Just, just go now. DrHerald.MyShopify.com DrHerald.MyShopify.com You're going to love that new stuff is added all the time. So the treasure hunt for you can continue. Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles online. DrHerald.MyShopify.com